This episode is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. <sighs> Did they want us to read a really long and elaborate ad? So they no, would... they didn't. Enjoy the show. <laughs> scared you. <laughs> <laughs> What happens when you're dying? Where's the source going? Is there another realm beyond this one? Is deine heaven? Is deine hell? Come with us as we answer this question, ja or nein. Join us as we freak out while searching for the truth, which will take us to the creepiest places of scaring you've ever seen in all of Germany. Because now is the time for Geistjäger. Guten Tag, Panzer. Guten Tag, Helmut. Und welcome to Geistjäger. Panzer, ich direkt und ich tighten this mind to think of the places we are going this week. Ja, Helmut. Es ist sehr tight. While you, the audience, must be wondering, why are the rectums so tight? Oh, no. This I will tell you. This week on Geistjäger. Panzer und I will be making a trip in to the Glunzmüller region of Germany. Where we will be investigating Castle Schweinritter. Your horror and surprise are appropriate. Built in 1668, Castle Schweinritter was meant to be a monument for the dark master of lies, Satan. But they fell behind schedule. Still pretty scary, though. Very, still oh, yeah. the devil. The damn Roman's halls. Yeah. Many have heard the horrifying tales of the, of the lost spirits who wander its many hallways. What makes this castle so unique is that the apparitions appear on schedule. The damned are seen shuffling through the halls every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Also on Saturdays at 5 o'clock, closed Sundays. And extended holiday hours, especially around New Year's, with a fireworks celebration at midnight. Also corporate rates available. Terrifying. Ja, Panzer. What equipment will we be bringing today? This week we have ethereal compression chamber, a nano polyfiber rod and orb net, and a thermal radio communicator monitor. My personal favorite, it has lots of colors. We arrived at 9.30 in the morning on the Friday to make sure all of our equipment was ready. But we couldn't find a parking place, and by the time we found it, it was already 10.30. We missed it! Scheiße! And so, we waited. With all of our gear loaded onto Panzer, we were ready to enter the castle. The time was 1.52. There was a line at the ticket booth, and so we barely made it in time. Upon entering the courtyard of Castle Schweinretter, we were gripped with an unbearable sense of foreboding, staring at the ancient architecture, mostly in ruins. The weight of hundreds of years of torment and anguish weighed down upon us. Occasionally, one would spy the furtive, crouched forms of the caretakers of such an evil and malevolent place, as safe would cheerfully answer our questions and ensure that we were having a good time. Look, Helmut, the dead walk among us. See how they are confused. What do they even see? 
Are they looking at their former lives or do they feel transposed into a future they were never meant to be a part of? Listen to the confused sounds of a dispossessed spirit. Panther, play the recording. How many stairs are there? I don't know. My feet are tired. I bought them damn shoes in Italy. And I, they said they were good, but they make my feet hurt. I ain't going up no more stairs. Me neither. I'll buy a postcard. That's all I need. I mean, listen, is this where Anne Frank was? Because this seems pretty nice. Harrowing. What were they saying? What were they trying to communicate? Using the thermal radio communications monitor, we attempted to send a message back across the void. <laughs> Now what the hell are those two up to? Damn, it's hot all of a sudden. Are they repairing something? Panther! They are responding! Turn it off! Turn it off! Yeah, 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 he's off. He's off. Sha, sha, gentle spirit. We are not here to disturb your eternal torment. Whatever. I'm hungry. Let's see if we can find one of them McDonald's with the, with the different beef in it. I heard they sell beer in them. If you didn't want to experience other cultures, you never should have traveled to another country's McDonald's. They're gone. But for how long? Panzer! Geist! Or nein Geist! 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 Stay tuned for the conclusions of Geist Jäger after this, yeah. Oh, you pretty, pretty listener, pretty, pretty listener, we love you, and our pretty, pretty listeners, pretty, pretty listeners love us too. Hi, ho, everywhere you go on listeners, we depend. <laughs> hey, ho, pretty, pretty listeners, listeners till the end. <laughs> Welcome to Blurry Photos. Hello, everybody. My name's Dave. My name's David. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're off to a rip-roaring start. Hope everybody's doing okay, because we got a real yeah. nail-biter for you. <laughs> How y'all doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We've survived. So far. Death count at zero? I doubt it. I'm in Chicago. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and Chicago competes for, like, first first murder of the year the way other people compete for, like, baby New Year. <laughs> We've been busy, but we're uh, we're 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 doing well, and got some exciting news to announce. Uh, we'll do that at the end of the episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Make you sit through it first. <laughs> Other than that, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one, and and hope you're ready to to learn something fun and new, and or if it's not new, at least interesting, and uh, got some spookalies to go with some uh, informational dookalies. Right, right. So, uh, so let's 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 dive on this. We got man, we got we got we got just some hot shit to throw at y'all. Yeah, we're we're bringing you skinwalkers this week. Yeah, them skinwalkers, but they're not skin talkers, so that's pretty good. Yeah, we. I think we've been threatening this episode for a while, so finally coming around yeah. to it, and something I've been wanting to to cover, wanting to know about, so. Damn right. Let's jump into it. Now we've we've covered a fair amount of fearsome and or dangerous Native American creatures. We've got the troublesome Puckwudgie, 
the mighty Thunderbird, the gruesome Wendigo, but none may be as chillingly dreadful as the Skinwalker. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it as well as you do. <laughs> uh, for the record, let me get this out before we get any further. I'm coming off a real bad stomach bug, and I think I've had the equivalent of one meal in four days. I'm getting real weird. <laughs> so so bear, bear, bear with me. I like, I like that that's what happens to you. I usually just yeah. get angry. No, just getting, just, Flora has already had to edit out, I don't know, what would you say, 40% of everything I've said? <laughs> that's a fair number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. It's bad. It's bad. So I'm going to try to keep my shit together here. So I'm sorry. It's all right. Keep on trucking, Floor. I just had to get that out because I thought it was important. It's full disclosure. So even the name Skinwalker carries a a heft of foreboding. (sighs) Originating in Navajo lore, Skinwalkers, or Yi Nadloshi, are shape-shifting witches who use forbidden magic to transform into a part-animal, part-human form. For selfish, terrible acts. The Navajo name is often translated as, with it, he goes on all fours. I like that description. I imagine that uh, a shape-shifting witch uh, walking through the house, uh, you know, and there's just like one piece of pie left, but she knows that someone else really wanted it. Better turn into a coyote. <laughs> every every selfish terrible act oh, <laughs> that would be a dick move yeah you know that someone was waiting for that parking spot in the lot but you're gonna rip into it <laughs> but, but how is a deer driving that car <laughs> although this uh this term may have been cobbled together from uh, several navajo sources it's you you'll see a a number of of different ones uh, when you, if you do the research on this. But the stories abound across the Navajo Nation of northeastern Arizona and the adjoining corners of New Mexico and Utah, though they're by no means limited to those areas. The Navajo people, or Diné in Navajo language, stay pretty tight-lipped about these corrupted individuals, mostly because of the taboo associated with witchcraft, death, and the bad Jim Joe, which could inadvertently summon one to you. Five dollars. <laughs> no, Dave. No, I turned into a coyote and took it. <laughs> what we are left with are fragments of what these things are, where they come from, where they came from, and anecdotes which have become entangled in creepypastas and lonely road stories on the internet. Also, every YouTube video ever. Right. Also... Lonely road stories. <laughs> those are those are all stories about like uh, tr- truck stop hookers. <laughs> I bet we could do a podcast called Lonely Road Stories, the, and it would be what much we more need popular. Is more podcasts. You're right. We'll go over what we could find about these supernatural evildoers, including descriptions of them, their powers, some tips to avoid them, and of course, stories of encounters. We knows how much y'all like stories. <laughs> we're gonna give back we're gonna give we're back. gonna give it we're gonna give back happy new year for blurry photos here's some stories farm to table made of myself <laughs> i didn't i just found them on the internet <laughs> now first and foremost know that navajo culture 
treats this subject with the utmost seriousness. As with most topics, we'll be approaching this with the intent to learn, not to trivialize, and no offense is meant in our discussion. I mentioned witchcraft before, and it's an imperfect term in the sense that it tends to conjure up thoughts of European witchcraft. You know, brooms and cats and cauldrons and... Babas, yagas, you know what I'm saying. Babas slash yagas. Uh, in this sense, it's more of what is referred to as a way, capital W way. Navajo spirituality involves living in harmony with Mother Earth and that problems and illness can be helped with prayer, songs, herbs, ceremonies, and healing from medicine men. And these medicine men learn the ways to heal. Those that seek to control spiritual forces to cause harm or misfortune to others follow a different way, and that's what's described as witchcraft in this sense. Yeah, so you, you get into like a, a I, I don't know, I, what, is the, what is the negative incarnation of a shaman? I kind of want to say witch doctor, but that's not right. Well, yeah, and even shaman and medicine man and all that stuff gets, it, 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 it's like they're all in the same restaurant, but they are not eating at the same table. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I see where you're coming from in that. And, and yeah, if you want to want to boil it down to basics, I, I guess. Yeah, I just, I'm just trying to put it into, like, a, a general context. But I don't, I, I don't think there is one. There may not be, yeah. Yeah. Now, Navajo spirituality includes the belief in natural places of concentrated power for both good and evil, which can be harnessed by those who know how. Uh, sympathetic magic also plays a big role as objects, you know, like hair or personal items can be used for good or evil. Again, kind of getting back into that same restaurant, different tables thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, They're getting uh, the same appetizers. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, they all want a side of curry. Okay. (laughs) Everyone orders what they want, but everyone wants a side of curry. Shepherd's pie with a side of curry, please. (laughs) Hashtag side of curry. (laughs) We've heard that in, in Vodou, too. Right. Yeah. There's there's so many. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, is is that all file under sympathetic magic? It you, does. I, I need a piece of that person to do something good or bad for that person. Or, right. When you when you uh, share the emotions of a person, that's empathetic magic. Thanks, counselor. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kia. <laughs> nice. Now, within Navajo spirituality, the supernatural and the physical worlds are tightly intertwined. So pieces of physical objects like bone or hair or other items hold strong supernatural properties that can be manipulated in their realm. Again, I know that we have said this, but I'm going to say this again. It is important to point out, Medicine Man is not a witch. Yep. That is, I'm putting that out there. I mean, you know what? We're way too far into the podcast. Anyone who's going to get mad has already stopped listening. So be it. I'm just saying it again. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, there's a difference between Medicine Man, although, uh, as we'll get into, uh, Skinwalker's origin may have been um, Medicine Men at one time, but we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Don't you worry, baby bird. We'll feed you. <laughs> Tweedly dee. Now, uh, the anthropologist... Clyde Cluckhone. That's a that's a that's a name we'd make up. <laughs> Hello, I'm Clyde Cluckhone. <laughs> uh, studied Navajo culture in the 40s and wrote Navajo Witchcraft in 1944. In it, he comes up with the four quote ways capital W 
of Navajo witchcraft. See, now here's the thing that I don't like. The heavy use of the word witchcraft. I think it's used for lack of a better term. You know, it was written in 44. No one had quite turned a corner, I feel like, on... uh, There was no war on Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, Navajo witchcraft. Let's see what Clyde's got to say. I'm just saying I'm taking it with a grain of salt. Sure. Okay. 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 There was the sorcery way, which involves burying a victim's personal items or body parts, like hair, during ceremonies. The misuse of chants by a singer who employs the sacred formulae to kill instead of cure. They can order snakes or lightning to do one's bidding. Can order snakes or lightning or lightning snakes. Or can operate through body leavings like witches, which we'll get to. Leavings. (laughs) They call them shit witches. (laughs) Shitches. Shitcha witches. Then there's the wizardry way, which uh, focuses on injecting foreign objects such as poisoned or cursed darts into the victim. Projectiles used are often described as arrows. Arrows! Arrowed. The shooting was apparently believed by a few informants, I guess people who were in the culture and and tattling on it, (laughs) to be carried out through a tube. But the majority opinion was that the objects were placed in a special sort of red basket or on a cloth or buckskin and made to rise through the air by incantation. According to some informants, shooters removed their clothes and rubbed ashes on their body before shooting. So the versions here are either uh, the blowgun or like that, uh, that guy from Guardians of the Galaxy with his whistle arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good call. Then there's the frenzy way, which is focused on using charms that influence the emotional or mental state of others. Involves eating certain plants which can bring game or women to the practitioner. Mm. They can also overcome an enemy in games, destroy flocks, or spoil hunting luck. And finally there's the witchery way which focuses on corpses in all of their rituals and ceremonies. It involves the use of body refuse to make a medicine which can kill, and is practiced by a group of people who meet at night using songs and prayers. They make body leavings harmful by placing them in contact with the dead, and they do actual murder in the shape of were-animals. So, okay, so there ends the reading. So here's, here's, I got a laundry list of questions. It's not that long. I don't understand why it's called the frenzy way. At no point. I thought Um, when I first saw that before I'd read it, I thought, oh, maybe these, this is like the, the shamanistic, uh, equivalent of like a whirling dervish where they, they have a physical act that kind of gets them into the zone, you know, that you could describe as a frenzy perhaps. Doesn't look like it. Second question. That one is cons- oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, if you got from what I gather, that one is focused on uh, emotional control. So you can, if if I if I understand it, make someone. Uh, it's it's like glam glamoring someone. I guess that could include making someone manic. Maybe it looks like it. It looks like it's all. I mean. 
If this was a video game, I would say that all their powers are probability based. They all in, in, in the, they're, they're about luck. The frenzy way seems luck based because you're, you're either trying to lure in women or game, uh, or you're, you're overcoming your enemy in games or there's, there's hunting. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a probability, right? Um, well, that, that one, I think it's it's luck and controlling. If you control the emotions, you can make someone angry uh, for no reason. Usually, if oh. you know to their detriment, you can make someone maybe fall in love or at least be lustful. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the whole side thing of hunting, hunting and dice playing, or, or yeah, <laughs> but dude, dice, if you but walk, if you walk up, games. if you go up into club and say, "Hey, y'all." Guess who knows how to destroy flocks? T- DJ Frenzy. The ladies are going to show up anyway. You didn't even have to say anything to them. You're like, oh, this flock killing motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> now, my other question is this. Sorcery, okay, wizardry, witchery. They are, I, I'm sure when you really get into the granular detail, there are differences here. But from our perspective, these are synonymous. Are they? Are they are they D and D? Well, the, no, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you can get to like the, the but like this guy did not play D and D, and yeah. and uh, my my question here is just like, I don't want to spoilers this. Was this guy full of shit? Uh, he did quite a bit of study on the culture of Navajo. Okay, I mean, I just want to know if he is a if he is he, he didn't just make up a, a book. Yeah, I just want to know if he is considered a genuine like studier of, of Navajo culture or a guy who was like, "Oh, look out for those Indians. You know what they're into." You know, like I mean, like this is this is at the same time when Warner Brothers cartoons still have you know, like the the African cannibal, and you know what I mean, like those 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 stereotypes of other right. cultures that were flying all over the place. Did he do an actual investigation of their culture through immersion or interview, or was he just like, you know, what's a great way to sell books? People want to know about engine magic. Mm-hmm. There's four kinds. It's not the only book he wrote. Now, obviously he could have done a ton of work on this and still been still have been completely racist or or right. got it all wrong you know or or a lot of it wrong but uh i'm pretty sure he did legitimate work anthropological work he let's see i mean i'm just looking him up I'm, real quick i'm doing the same thing here and it looks like he did i'm glad to see that i didn't know cuz yeah it looks like he did like live with uh, the Zuni and the Navajo yeah. and a lot of other communities in the Southwest. So, um, however, <laughs> okay, here's, here's a fun thing. Cluckone initially believed in the biological equality of races, but later reversed his position. Uh-oh. He wrote in 1959 that quote, in the light of accumulating information, as to significantly varying incidents of map genes among different peoples, it seems unwise to assume flatly that, quote, man's innate capacity does not vary from one population to another. On the premise that specific capacities are influenced by the properties of each gene pool, it seems very likely indeed that populations differ quantitatively in their potentialities for particular kinds of achievement. 
Well, that uh, that sheds some light on it. <laughs> right. So I don't know. But it does. I will say this. Like, he did do actual the, the kind of research that I was I was hoping where he lived among those people and, and tried to learn from them. So that's, uh, you know, so, some good, some bad, maybe. Here's a fun fact. Some of his early manuscripts are kept at the University of Iowa, it says here. Oh, because he was uh, born in Iowa, it looks like. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I was just curious about that. It looks like it's sort of a, I, you know, not not a mixed bag. Well, I would say that it leans. I mean, maybe his research is pretty spot on. I, I don't know. Pretty good, but then he just developed a, an opinion. <laughs> he got a case of the races. Yeah. All right. So that was your second question. Did you have any others while we're there? Right. No. No. Let's let's while let, we're at let's, the gas let's keep trucking. We got a lot to cover here. So let's. Sorry, I didn't mean to slow it down, but. It just that was kind of making me a little edgy. Now there are several origins for how skinwalkers came to be. Among them, um, medicine men that attain the highest level of priesthood uh, and are corrupted by absolute power. The wearing of animal pelts as camouflage to hunt. The mastering of shape shifting to escape persecution and relocation. And the Anasazi curse, in which. Certain Navajo individuals used the off-limit Anasazi ruins and grave sites to gain certain powers. And then uh, there are other origin stories out there. That's that's like Mesa Verde, right? That's what we're talking about. I think so. The the disappearing tribe or the tribe that, that disappeared when actually it was just like, no, dude, they ran out of water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They ran out of wood and water. See also Cahokia. Yeah. Actually, Cahokia never mm. ran out of water. <laughs> Had a pretty good supply. What with the old Mississippi being right there. It's true. No more wood. Water to burn. Now, to become a skinwalker, it's thought that a man or woman must break a cultural taboo like murder, seduction. That's a taboo? <laughs> Wait, keep, keep reading, Ghost Rider. Okay. Sacrifice or corrupting of a close family member. Oh. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's why you keep reading. Uh, sometimes the stories say, Dave Stecco, soft on incest. <laughs> Hi, I'm Todd Wanamaker. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes the stories say cannibalism or necrophilia is involved. Jesus. Afterwards, they prefer to go about naked except for ash and paint smeared on their bodies and animal pelts draped over them. Uh, skinwalkers are said to possess a variety of supernatural abilities, including uh, immunity from social events, the ability to never be have a friend. Uh, the, people just somehow know that the guy smeared with ash and pelts. Also dry mouth. <laughs> yeah. Right. There are supernatural abilities, including immunity to normal weapons, dominion over creatures, and sometimes corpse reanimation and control, as well as telepathic powers. Some say that particularly powerful skinwalkers can steal the skin or the body of a victim. Thus, the name Skinwalker. All they have to do is lock eyes with their intended victim, and they can absorb that person into their body. Which lets them become that person at will. After that, it's in complete control, effectively making the victim a puppet. And the most harrowing aspect is that the victim remains fully conscious and alert to the horrors being committed with their body. 
but helpless to stop it. Stop it. Knock it off. Stop hitting yourself. (laughs) It's the first thing they do. Yep. They're also master mimics, even without body snatching, even using the voice of a loved one to lure the uh, victim out of their home. Come here. Hey, want to come out and get kisses? (laughs) Well, sure. Hey, Tommy, we're playing baseball. I'm a nerve of her. <laughs> the, the most well-known aspect of them, however, and the cause of their namesake, is their use of animal skins to transform into hybrid versions of the skin used. They will drape the skin across their back, the head flopping over their own, or in some cases, wearing the skull with the skin still attached. And the most common forms they change into are coyote, uh, fox, crow, and owl. Although they can change into any form they have the skin for. Probably you, you gotta have a you gotta like bag a, a pretty good number of owls to get enough to cover yourself. Though <laughs> not a lot of skin on an owl. <laughs> it's they're approximately football sized, so you know you're gonna be at it for a while. I mean, don't get me wrong, power of flight, it's worth it. Just don't think, I'm going to start at 10 p.m. and I'll be flying by midnight. You're wrong. <laughs> it may be dependent on their needs at any, at any given time. For example, canid forms grant them enhanced senses, stamina, and speed. Bird forms grant keen vision, fast, silent flight. Bear form gives them strength and endurance. Cougars grant agility and stealth and picking up young men at bars. All of these obviously add up to preternatural physical ability in addition to human intelligence. Don't want to die by shapeshifter animal attack? No, I don't. No, that's all right. Okay. All right. I just, did everyone hear that? Was that clear? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But the thing is, they can use poisoned arrows shot from bows made of human shin bones. Shin bows. Shin bows. Uh, I got to think that's a, it's, it's got to be like a crossbow at that point, right? <laughs> Yeah, Shinbo's kind of a, well, like a foot and a half at, at most. Yeah, I'm, hold on. Hold hold on. I, I've got one. I'm, I'm checking it out. Yeah. Yeah, like a foot and a half. Uh, maybe it's like a, uh, the way they make some recurve bows where it's like the middle part's wood and then they have the two stays out on the edges and those are the parts that... Oh, so, uh, so it's a... Here's yeah, the thing. It's made of multiple shins. I have shin bones. And they have been soaking in blood and marrow for their entire existence. And they are not very flexible. So I wonder how that works. You got tibia and fibula, right? So there's, so you got four bones to work with. So theoretically, what you're saying is making two, you know, the, the two parts or whatever. Eh, I, I, was thinking, I was just thinking one bone, one bow. But yours makes more sense. Maybe there's something that, that binds them in the middle that, that is the more bendable part. And then yeah, maybe the shin bone is the part that they hold oh, maybe onto. It's, yeah, duh. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's or, it. Or, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the part they hold onto, and then it's like a sapling at the edges. Mm. You know what? If we had our damned History Channel show, we could, we could go to the lab. We could make shin bone bows and fucking figure this shit out. Damn it, Cable America! We're here. We're Destination waiting. Destination America. That's that's the <laughs> only one we'd fit on. 
All right. Um, so, Dave, why might, <laughs> might they need this power, you might ask? Uh, well, they don't actually kill to kill, apparently. That sounds like the name of an anime. What? It, it is, isn't yeah. it? Kill a kill. Um, there it is. That's why. They are, after all, human. And so are motivated by human vices. Greed, envy, anger, revenge. Gambling. <laughs> Lust. I'm motivated by gambling. They can also be grave robbers, stealing from the dead to gain wealth or ingredients for their black magic. A preparation, usually called poison by English speakers, is made of the flesh of corpses. The flesh of children and especially of twin children is preferred, and the bones at the back of the head and skin whorls are the prized ingredients. Skin whorls? Is that finger fingerprints? Uh Maybe, but I can tell you right now, I'm going to regret what I'm looking up right now so much. Maybe it's like elbows and knees skin, too. Uh, y- y- yeah, looks like looks like uh, fingerprints, and then it just... Ugh, I do regret this. <laughs> I do. Well, let's leave it at fingerprints. Like, yeah, let's just stop. Shit. Stop scrolling, you idiot. Stop it. Um, okay. when this uh when this corpse poison is ground into powder it it looks like pollen and it can be dropped into a hogan from the smoke hole or placed in the nose or mouth of a sleeping victim or blown from furrowed sticks into the face of someone wait say that again which it uh, sticks uh, into the face no uh it can be um Blown from furrowed sticks into the face oh, of someone. Oh, so this that actually kind of is more like the voodoo zombie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ever anywhere and somebody comes up and goes, <laughs> and and all the powder just goes into your face, I mean, immediately just dive into whatever water. That person is not your friend. Yeah. Kick them in the balls. Dive into some water. Don't sw- <laughs> don't swallow it. Make sure those balls get kicked. Maybe your last shot. <laughs> Could you imagine though that ground up flesh getting getting blown into your face as a powder? Well, I mean, when you well, dust Tuesday, right? I mean, it's like when you dust. That's like what seventy percent skin flakes. Hmm. Okay, gather that up and blow it into somebody's face and see if they'll be your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they won't like that either. You're right. <laughs> Corpse powder is occasionally uh, is occasionally stated to have been administered in a cigarette. Hmm. Lacing those cigs. Uh, fainting, lockjaw, a tongue black and swollen, immediate unconsciousness, or some similar dramatic symptom is usually said to result promptly. A black and swollen tongue. Ugh. Blech. Sometimes, however, the effects are less obvious, the victim gradually wastes away, and the usual ceremonial treatments are unavailing. They can't avail? Or they won't avail? Mmm. Corpse powder. Gross. (laughs) You're still looking at skin whorls, aren't you? (laughs) I'm I'm closing it. I closed it. It's gone. (laughs) That man is gone now. Okay. All right. Having said all that still, skinwalkers seem to enjoy harassing the, their, their fellow hombres. Uh, <laughs> many's the tale of a family being awakened in the night to sounds of scratching or thumping on the walls of their home. 
Often they will see a skinwalker peering in through a window. <laughs> its animalistic features made more unsettling with human eyes too big for its face. Some say the eyes will glow red like coals. To Petum, hashtag Mark Sola. <laughs> the other classic scenario is of someone driving down a lonely stretch of desert road at night when they notice off to the side and some distance away a creature running on all fours. While they're pushing 60 miles per hour, the creature easily keeps stride and eventually goes faster. Only to cut over suddenly and cross the road right in front of the car, disappearing into the distance. Some tales even have them digging up graves, severing fingers or other body parts from corpses, and hiding them in people's homes, causing the ghost of the dead person to torment the victim while they try to figure out why they got this liver. <laughs> I was framed. <laughs> Man, that, that what a, a supernatural dick move. Right. Maybe maybe Although, literally. If that's how <laughs> If that's how the world worked, fucking a right. I would do that shit all day. All I got to do is throw a finger into somebody's house and now they're yeah, haunted yeah. to hell and back. Peel up the floorboards and toss it under. That would be that would be so fucking worthwhile. <laughs> hey, Flora. Huh? Tell me a story. Uh, let's a see. A story about a skinwalker. You want to hear a tale of a story about a skinwalker? <laughs> I want to hear tell and a story. <laughs> well, we've uh, found some stories. There are tons of stories online. And every YouTube video that was ever made is a skinwalker story. And they will all link to those um, whenever you try to search for them. <laughs> but, you know, it's all stories. It's, it's anecdotal by nature. It's awesome. So here's one for you. I was spending a month with my cousins at my grandma's house. It was August, and my cousins' ages ranged from 10 to 15. I being the oldest at 15. I was staying with a 10, 13, and 14-year-old. Everybody got that? Shall I say teens again? We stayed up <laughs> telling scary stories often, but one night, a few weeks in, we decided to make a campfire out back. My grandma's house is in a rural suburb, so the neighbors aren't too far when you're driving down the road to her house, but in the backyard, it's thick forest with man-made paths through it. Each house is on a hill, so only part of the basement was actually underground. That isn't important until later, though. Just store that in your memory bank. <laughs> clip, and, clip and save. Mm -hmm. So we're toward the east side of your yard in a smallish patch of open land. You couldn't see the neighboring yards from there, and there was probably three quarters of a mile to each side of us that belonged to my grandma. It was maybe 11 at night, and we were playing truth or dare after telling scary stories. My 14-year-old cousin dared me and the 13-year-old to go walk through the paths for 10 minutes or so. I said yes right away. <laughs> I wasn't easily scared and rather level-headed. But my younger cousin, uh, you know, the, the one that was two years younger than me, was a bit more hesitant. We didn't bring a flashlight because it wasn't pitch dark yet. At 11 at night? All right. And we could see enough to not die. <laughs> we were walking through the paths for about five minutes and could barely see the fire through the trees when we decided to turn. In the middle of the path was a large dog-like creature hunched over with its front hands an inch from the ground. 
What I remember most was how its eyes were so f***ing bright white, and it was humanoid dog-shaped with a human-like head, but a dog-like body, but human hands and feet, but a dog tail, but a human body parts, (laughs) but dog organs, but a human brain, (laughs) and dog breath. It looked right at us, and I know I was paralyzed with fear as it dashed away the opposite way from us, towards a creek that ran through the yard. Eventually, my cousin and I screamed bloody effing murder, and the other cousins and my grandma ran to us. (laughs) My grandma, wooden spoon in hand, ready to beat the s*** out of us for swearing. (laughs) My grandma, chunkla in hand. I don't remember much here because I was really disoriented and I couldn't think properly. But I did wake up in bed, so I assumed that I was brought up to the house. (laughs) I had a dick written on my forehead in Sharpie. House rules. Pass out with your shoes on. That's what happens. All the kids slept in the basement in a big room with sliding glass doors to the outside, as the room was on the side that wasn't underground. My bed was pressed against a big glass window, and I could see my cousins playing outside down below. The house is in Michigan so it gets slightly chilly even in the end of August, and there was a slight breeze, so I put on a jacket and ran to join them outside, skipping breakfast, not wanting to miss out on anything fun. When I got down there, I could tell they weren't playing, but rather running to get my grandma. Her dogs, both of them, were dead, ripped up. That night we went to bed early. I woke up at maybe two in the morning because I felt something hit my head. My cousins were all sitting on the double bed opposite me on the other side of the room. There was one bunk bed and two double beds, the double beds for me and my 14-year-old cousin. Then there were some beds in another room. Uh, those were for my grandma, who was uh, probably 50, 57, about, uh, I think, at this time. Uh, then there were some beds that neighbors had, had brought in. Okay, just unnecessary, <laughs> all this shit. They were being quiet and staring at me. The 13-year-old nodded his head toward the window. I froze. They all looked afraid. I turned my head slightly to the side and I saw a really messed up looking face pressed to the window with gaping eyes looking down at me. Grandma! (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I screamed so f***ing loud and it bolted. My grandma called the police after I told her what happened and they found nothing. I went home after that. And I have never been there during the night again. <laughs> I, love, I love this story so much more. <laughs> Grandma was just there to wail on this kid. <laughs> yeah, right. And then she called the police to have him arrested. <laughs> uh, sorry, like I said, I'm in a I'm in a weird place. <laughs> that wasn't a skinwalker. That was a skin wrinkler. <laughs> right? It was grandma the whole time. <laughs> Wouldn't be that bad at 57. All right. All right. Let me try it. Let me try out. I gotta, I'm going to try a story here. You, you got one? I've got a story here called, <laughs> called Yenal Dushi is Watching Me. That's <laughs> what it's called. My grandmother on my mother's side has always been very superstitious. For lack of a better word, she's not religious, but she does believe in a lot of paranormal stuff. Her mother was full-blooded Navajo, and her father was Irish. 
Either way, she'd never been anywhere east of Montana, and she grew up in Nevada. One year, when I was in grade school, we went to visit her. Most of the visit was pretty uneventful. Typical boring old people stuff. Except she always kept her curtains drawn shut and would always peek out the window. And when someone asked her what she was doing, she would simply say, Shut up! <laughs> yeah, no do she is watching me! This went on for nearly the entire visit until a few days before we were due to leave. My grandma and my then baby brother, he's 19 now, LOL. What is it with ages with these people? Why do they have to? You have to know. You have to know. Or this story falls apart. Uh, we were in the front yard that evening, planting flowers, when all of a sudden, my grandmother starts shouting, Little Nichols, get away from that creature! It's not safe! Uh, editor's note, I was given the option of inserting anybody's name in there. I chose Little Nichols. <laughs> of course, being in Nevada, we all assumed that my brother had found a scorpion or a rattlesnake or someone with a gambling problem. So we all ran outside to see my grandmother clutching my little brother and shaking in terror against the side of the house. Standing out in the yard was a large, black, Great Dane-sized dog. The... Uh, Okay, it was staring at my gra- my grandmother with an intensity I'd never seen before. Not a Great Dane, but a Great Dane-sized dog. Right. It was shaped like a Great Dane with like the features and coloring of a Great Dane. But it was just that was you know just to give you a ballpark. It was a dog though. It looked up at us, gave a little huff, and bounded off. I don't remember if it moved unusually fast or not. But I do remember it had really deep yellow eyes. When my mother asked my grandmother what happened, she kept repeating, The Yannel Douchey has found me. She moved a couple of weeks after that. That is the worst story. I picked it just because of the name Yannel Douchey and regret, regret everybody. Hashtag regrets. They're real. <laughs> Don't take it out on your Pepsi bottle there. You don't know me! All right, this was a pretty short one. I was staying at my grandpa's trailer in Arizona for a couple of days with my mom and dad and two brothers. I forget why we went out there, but it had to be important because my dad never tagged along with us out there. I didn't really know him. Anyways, come nighttime and everyone is asleep except me. What a what a poorly constructed sentence. I'm watching Nickelodeon on the TV in the living room when I hear footsteps walking up to the front porch. Since my grandpa was up there in years, he had a long wooden ramp to his door. I was expecting something to come to the door and knock, but nothing happened except it kept walking up and down the ramp. My grandpa lived about 25 minutes away from the nearest town, and the only neighbors around are other family members. I remember being really scared at this point, couldn't think straight. My brothers were asleep in the living room on the couches near me, and I couldn't force myself to wake them up. Instead, I calmly walked to the back bedroom where my mom and dad are asleep. I lay down on the floor, and I try to sleep there. Meanwhile, whatever's walking around outside, still doing its thing. Oh, yeah, you know how it is. Late night trailer ramp. <laughs> You know I'm going to get my strut on. (laughs) 
Hey, old man. You ever seen a ramp look like this? Straight up ramp strutter. (laughs) After a couple minutes, I hear my mom attempt to wake up my dad and see if he can hear it. This relieves me because I thought she was asleep the whole time. (laughs) Didn't say anything when I walked in the room and laid down on the floor. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. I didn't really know her. Anyway, you're lucky you laid down on the floor because she had her hand wrapped around the hilt of a knife. (laughs) You tried to get near her. Um, I tell her I hear it too and we lay there and listen. My dad is not the best at being coherent after sleep and he falls back to sleep right away. It stops after a couple minutes. The next night, the same thing happens, except it's coming up to the back door. Uh, uh. Oh, back door ramp. Oh, trailer parking. Doing my thing. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> oh, oh, going up. Walking backwards. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, tripped a little. Do I need a hand? I don't even need the handrails. Oh, oh. <laughs> Immersion ruined. <laughs> so I freak out again and this time just go to the back bedroom and lay down and go to sleep. That's not a freak out. <laughs> yeah. Also, is, is this a child or the family dog? Right. A freak out. Right. You're 100% right. This is told from the perspective of a terrier. So, so I freak out right into a deep sleep. <laughs> so that's all I remember. I also forgot to mention a word, uh, a weird thing my grandpa said that made sense later. <laughs> Before turning into sleep, he said something like, Don't pay attention to anything you hear at night. You're safe inside. I should also mention that the next day I remember seeing boot prints and paw prints in the sand by the ramp. The end. The end. That's the end. Oh, my God. (laughs) His grandpa had one of the fancy-ass sand ramps. (laughs) Well, that's where all his money went. (laughs) These stories are great. (laughs) They are truly frightening yeah oh okay let's let's see if i can find another one all right here we go it's a good story here's 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 a story (laughs) that first sentence had a strike through (laughs) yeah it did (laughs) so this was the very early 80s there's a lot of all caps i'm going to try to acoustically honor that yeah So this was the very early 80s. And my sister, who lived in Toronto, came down to visit our parents for a weekend. There's a lot of unnecessary capitalization. (laughs) She was staying at a friend's house who loaned her a car so she could come out. After her visit, she left a little after 9 p.m. She got maybe seven or eight miles away when the car broke down. Thankfully, she broke down in front of a friend of the family's house. They let her in to call Dad, and Dad came to get her. The family said she could leave the car in their driveway for the night. My sister decided to just stay at my parents' for the night, because it was night. It was a little after 10 p.m. in pitch black. It was late November. 
you know, for all those areas that are not pitch black at 10 p.m. Does that happen? I guess on the Michigan. Far East Coast. Yeah, Far East Coast or something. Yeah. No, Michigan was the last place where it was like 11 and not pitch black. Yeah. Starlight. Uh, while my sister and my dad are driving back to the house, uh, sorry, it was pitch black while my sister and my dad were driving back to the house, they passed through a heavily wooded area. Out of nowhere, they hear this incredibly f***ing loud inhuman scream that was heard over the engine, them talking and the radio. Dad slammed on the brakes and they both started freaking out. When suddenly, a six-foot-tall coyote walking on two legs with a black-white striped tail appeared on the side of the road and proceeded to walk in front of the car. As soon as it passed, that same scream played again, only this time 10x louder. Dad slammed on the accelerator and they got the f*** out of there. It was never seen again. You don't know that. You don't know it was never seen again. Never seen again by them, maybe. Hmm. I know there are there are legit creepy stories of of these out there. That's not what the internet's for, though. <laughs> like wherever these things live, they just don't. They're not on the internet. Of course, in the hand of a capable storyteller, these will probably chill your bones. <laughs> yeah, but but we do. We're not here to do that kind of justice. What do you mean? Are these people not scared? Oh, I guess you're right. I'm pretty. I'm pretty scared of ramp strutters myself. Oons cats. Oons cats. Oons cats. Strutting up the ramp. Oons cats. Don't trip now. Well, well, here's the thing. Won't fall far. It was really clear. The story made it clear that the the walking entity was doing its thing. Ta ta ta! Ooh, nice ramp rail. Oh, what if I just kind of rested my butt on it? Ooh, quick slide and back up the ramp. <laughs> uh, all right, back up the ramp. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, some things you might want to take into consideration when dealing with such an entity. Yeah, you don't deal. Make no deals. There's no deals to be made. Uh, there are some things you can do to gird your loins. <laughs> First of all, some warnings, according to lore. Don't pick up lone travelers or hitchhikers at night, Dave. Don't pick up hitchhikers. Don't pick up hitchhikers. You don't need wolf people or <laughs> strangle ghosts to tell you this. <laughs> or, or ramp strutters. <laughs> who, are, who are most active at night. Hell <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, don't touch any fabric left by a strange old person or traveler. Hey, don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Gross. Uh, here's a problem. Don't talk of skinwalkers in vain. Whoops. Like, um, speak of the devil and he shall come. Yeah, I'm, I'm already f***ed. We all are. Don't mock their power. Ah, shit. <laughs> and don't sweep or comb your hair at night. Dude, I don't, you could talk me into not combing my hair, but I get a lot of leaves. I got to sweep that out. I got to sweep it out. So you, you might have picked up on a lot of similarities here to werewolves and vampires. Uh, werewolves, yes. Vampires, no, I got none of that. 
Well, they they hate bright light. They we mentioned they have a limited ability to control the creatures of the night. So do so do Mogwai though. Uh, Mogwai can't control creatures of the night. Well, because a Mogwai is a creature of they the can, night. They can only learn language and be sassy. Can breed. They can sing. They're adorable. They are adorable. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, here's another thing that, that links them a little bit. Silver might be effective against them, but shooting them with bullets can be tricky at best. Uh, guns tend to jam or just not work around them, and if they do work, the shot misses or uh, it's not lethal so they 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 project an aura of 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 techno confusion is it just guns um i guess what about a what about a silver arrow because they I mean they, they use bows shin bones right right um yeah i don't know maybe the maybe the string snaps i it didn't say anything about other projectiles yeah Mainly was saying that they are very hard to hit, uh, almost Neo-like. Yeah. But uh, often you, you, you do hear the classic story of a wolf or coyote being shot in the leg and then escaping. And the next day, someone in town might be walking with a limp. That's usually a telltale sign. Uh-oh. Certain tales say that bullets dipped in white ash will do the trick. But either way, they must be shot through the neck while in animal form, which uh, will thus hit the person's actual head. So wait, their head doesn't become the animal's head; their head becomes the animal's neck, like a, like a, like a, a Disney costume. <laughs> that is where that is where that thought comes from. That it's kind of sitting on top of their head. But I don't think that's right. And one other question. If you if you shoot a wolf or a coyote in the leg, and the next day you see someone in town walking with a limp, that means that they are the skinwalker. But what if they've always walked with a limp? <laughs> well, it's a mysterious and sudden injury that <laughs> befalls someone. <laughs> There's Gimpy Joe. He must be a skinwalker. Get him. I wounded a wolf last night. Dale, round him up. <laughs> There's Gammy Betty. <laughs> Put her in the truck. So yeah, I don't. I don't know about the whole shooting through the neck while in animal form. Yeah, I mean, his shooting anything through the neck is a good way to kill it. That's a pretty good, yeah, pretty pretty good safe bet. But um, uh, wounding one apparently causes it to bleed yellow liquid instead of blood. That yellow bastard. There may be a clever, if yet dangerous, way to dick one over. Oh, thank God, because all I want to know is how to dick these dicks over. Some stories say that if you can get one to speak while in animal form, it may instantly revert back to human form and be unable to shapeshift ever again. <laughs> it will also be royally pissed, but hey, f*** you, buddy. <laughs> How do you get it to do that? So, like, are there people... You trick it into speaking somehow. I don't know. <laughs> are there people, historically, who are being backed into a corner by, like, a rabid wolf? And they're like, hey, you skinwalker? You skinwalker? You just answer me. You have to tell you me. You skinwalker? You have to tell me, you if, you tell me if you're a skinwalker. <laughs> oh, he's too smart. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you do if you... Um, in, in the case that one is around? Uh, yeah, if you... <laughs> if you think you see... Uh, a skinwalker, or you think you've been visited by one, or straight up attacked, 
seek the help of a professional medicine man. Yeah. Go go find them. Be like, hey, I got a skinwalker problem. If they are who they say they are, the, the medicine man, then they'll probably know pretty soon if you, in fact, have or need some help. Yeah, I, I feel like if they are who they say they are, they'll be like, okay, buddy, shh, only dreams now. I feel like, uh, I, th- I don't know if tribes, if that still exists. I'm sure it does. But I feel like they're, they wouldn't play into that very much. It's my guess. Uh, the skinwalker yeah. legend? Yeah. Well, like if someone's like, hey, saw a skinwalker. It was doing its thing on the old man's ramp. <laughs> I mean, I think it depends case by case, but I, I think it's still a serious practice going yeah. on. Okay. One other question about that, though. Uh, that is by far my favorite story. How is that a skinwalker? The thought Cause is- Because there, there was walking- there were paw and boot prints outside, and oh, okay. uh, the the grandpa warned them to st- that they'll be safe if they stay in. Gotcha. Uh, equals skinwalker. Okay. Okay. I really had to scrape the uh, the barrel to find stories that aren't the same story that is plastered everywhere about this. Oh, I I scraped the skin off the top of this pudding cup. I did not dig whatsoever. Uh, also, dogs go ape shit in their presence. They freak out and don't take an. In, they don't. They don't freak out into napping. They freak out into further freaking out. All right. Some say that in order to kill a skinwalker, you must know their true identity. You must pronounce the name of the evil one in full. Once this happens, the skinwalker will get sick and die for the wrongs they have inflicted against others. Or you can at least track them down in the daytime when they are most vulnerable. You know, at work. <laughs> at the, at, yeah. the Hertz, at the Hertz Rent-A-Cars customer service counter. <laughs> Hi, sir. How can I help you today? You could die! <laughs> click, click. <Yeah>. No! <laughs> My God! I like to imagine that... Same guy getting backed into a corner by a rabid dog going, you you skinwalker, you skinwalker, you skinwalker, Steven Wilson. Oh, God, no. <laughs> 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 no, the dog still gets him. His last thought was, could it have been Betty? Gary, uh, <laughs> me, Betty. All right, let's keep going on this. I think we've got a lot. All right, more, well, we got a lot more to cover here. We got more in-depth uh, skin walking to do. Well, I can wrap it up in a in a conclusion. Now the whoa, whoa, what? Well, me. I guess I, I guess I thought that everyone deserved to hear everything, but Flora wants to wrap it up. So, <laughs> well, about that, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: it it's not easy to find information about them. No, um, because like we said before, everything's pretty like, oh, don't don't talk about it. You know, it, it's bad mojo to even speak of it, you know, to think of it, to acknowledge it, really. But like all the stuff that that has come out of there uh, has come out of it has kind of been thrown together uh, from the various tales that that people come out with. And I'm sure, you know, some things have been embellished and made up and. Uh, added and subtracted, maybe even multiplied. Whoa! Of course, a lot of this comes from 
uh, what Kukul Khan's, what's his name? Clyde Cluckhone's studies and uh, the subsequent book, Navajo Witchcraft, which he wrote. But uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're not going to get uh, people that will willfully talk to you about this too much. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Pe- it, people that would know. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's like a six layers of reasons why people wouldn't discuss this. One of the first being the intrinsic, uh, uh, I guess you call cultural taboo on it. But then the, just from that point downhill of, of, of legitimate reasons, you know, like people, people don't see them. The stories, even the stories we found are like kind of vague. I mean, the one about the six foot walking on its hind legs, coyote. Okay. Yeah. There you go. But a lot of them are just kind of like weird nebulous. I saw a dog and the dog looked at me stories. There's that. Um, there are a lot of stories where uh, people will see coyotes, maybe even a pack of coyotes, and they'll be sitting in the middle of the road and just staring them down. And and like they can't, they won't move. And then there's there are some stories that go on to say, well, we sped up and like meant to, to plow right into them with our vehicle. And there was no impact, and we looked back, and there was nothing there. Right. So, you know, there's stuff like that. There's the um, a, a ton of stories about people driving in the desert. They look over, something's running, like we said, something's running, and then it'll cut over suddenly and pass right in front of them, either causing them to wreck or almost causing them to wreck. And they get a glimpse of, like, a human face, but it's an animal body wearing, like, uh, a skirt. Or, or jeans, you know, or or just an animal body with a human face. Right. But <laughs> that is uh, a story that is floated out there by a ton of people. And there are a lot of stories. And I predict that people listening to this will want to send in their own stories. It just seems like a lot of people have had skinwalker encounters. You know what I mean? Yeah. It fits a certain general category of bump in the night story, you know, and uh, the, yeah. l- the lonely and, road. You've been driving for hours. You think you see something, you know, like there's a there's a definite large, bigger than a bucket, smaller than a dumpster container in which those stories fit. <laughs> I think this goes in the same bucket as black eyed kids. Oh, yeah. Seems like there's a lot of stories, you know, of those, too. But um it's got a taste of that. It, it's it sniffs of it. Anyways, it it's it's been debated mostly in academic circles uh, and the never had an experience white guy circles that skinwalkers are a form of scapegoating used to explain sudden sickness or maybe particularly terrible behavior. As yeah. we said, associated with this is necrophilia, some cannibalism, some incest. You know, some of the some of the worst. <laughs> And obviously, there can and has been examples of this in cultures throughout the world. Uh, if you think back to the witch hunts, uh, the old African penis stealing that, that I think we've <laughs> talked about on a bullstone. Oh, those old sons of bitches. <laughs> and uh, Wendigo, which we covered. Uh, and there's something to be said for cautionary tales with these stories. You know, be wary at night. Uh, disease can come from corpses. Don't mess around with strangers. They, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And then you've also got the psychiatric aspect where uh, a person believes they're an animal or at least lycanthropic. Yeah. 
or maybe even demonically possessed. The belief in skinwalkers is pretty culturally ensconced, though. And this is what I was saying. Like, they, there's still probably tons of people out there who will go see a medicine man, or there are uh, many medicine men that would, you know, gladly help someone if they have been uh, messed with by a supposed skinwalker. Gladly take payment for services rendered. Yeah, maybe. And it, and it, like we said, it's hard to sift through the tons of online fiction and uh, what people have or think they have genuinely experienced. Some people, I'm sure, are in it just to tell stories, but some people are like, no, I something happened and this is weird and I can't explain this. You know, like you get with, with a lot of the paranormal stories and stuff. But um, personally, um, I'm okay with not getting corpse powder blown in my face. To prove their existence? You don't know. Maybe maybe that's my, my, my present to you this year. Oh, well, I guess, uh, guess I'll have to wait for you to sneak through my smoke hole. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll happily keep my respect for the culture and continue getting creeped out by what I think is a source of fantastic figuration. Laura, you has got any sweet ramps? <laughs> we're, we're all out of ramps here. Then I do my thing elsewhere. Thank you. <laughs> so, what do you think? I think you're right. I think it is. It is like what we talk about with um, uh, cannibalism and and other social taboos that that they create a mythology to enforce. Is it a, a way to be like, no? If you if you act against your own family, if you break confidence with with those that are close to you terrible things will happen and you'll become a monster and mm-hmm. um and that's a thing to be feared and it it, it it's a, it's a i think it's a, a tool that binds a group of people yeah like a lot of these a lot of these stories have that you know if you do this you'll become this and then that's bad you know and yeah i think i think it's awesome i do i do i will say this i'll bet you i i totally agree with you floor i think there are probably some f-ing awesome skinwalker stories out there there's a movie. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Nor have but I. The, yeah, the, it's there's a lot of pop culture that's come out and starting to come out more about skinwalkers, and uh, a lot of it's from a book. I think there was an uh, an book in the '80s, and then uh, the the movie, like you said, and it's getting getting more popular. And and by popular, I mean well known. It's something that uh, I don't believe in a shape-shifting witch. <laughs> but I'm not going to go out here and be like, "Hey skinwalkers, come and get me, ah." <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to tempt bad mojo. You may be wondering, "Well, you did a whole episode on skinwalkers and you didn't even mention the ranch." Oh, the Skinwalker Ranch. It has yes. nothing to do with skinwalkers whatsoever. It's just a play off of Skywalker Ranch. But it does have paranormal stuff. It's like UFOsy things, I believe. I heard that they tried to tie it to like the path that skinwalkers took from one place to another passed through there. And I, I think either of those explanations serve the same purpose, which is Skinwalker Ranch has nothing to do with yeah. what we're talking about. And we may cover it in a future episode. I don't know. It's it's a little bit off off the rails. It is, yeah. Maybe an extra sode. Yeah, but it's it's definitely um, prevalent in 
the research when you start looking at skinwalkers. <laughs> Truth. Anyways, that'll do it for skinwalkers in a oh. pelt covered six foot tall screaming <laughs> corpse powder encrusted nutshell oh my god but here's the thing though like even when you're being attacked by a six foot tall black and white striped coyote on the roadside you have to keep your head on your shoulders you have to remember that inside that animal lurks the heart of a pun <laughs> Hun walkers. Flora, why don't you go first? I guess I'll go first. Okay. Palette cleanse here. <laughs> there was once a hard-nosed badass in a dystopian world who had to don animal pelts and shapeshift in order to escape New York. What? His name, Snake Pliskin Walker. <laughs> oh, nice. Your rules are really starting to annoy me. <laughs> you know, there are so many different ways a person can defend themselves from skinwalkers. But one thing that we didn't even get to talk about, because you know, we were so busy with our in-depth research, is you can disarm. Occasionally, you can disarm uh, some of these uh, dark practitioners of their weapons if you can infuse it then with your own essence. Now you got your own Jim Joe Shinbo. <laughs> <laughs> Truly terrible. (laughs) Jim Joshinbo. That's like, sounds like the name of a Star Wars character. (laughs) (laughs) Anakin Skinwalker. Jim Joshinbo. I've got a tailor shop specializing in sewing and restoring old animal skins. It's the Stitchery Way. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Um, When. Clyde Cluckhorn was doing his research. One of the difficulties he found was that so many of these uh, sightings and things, they, they happen at night. And he had no way to document it or, or gather evidence. And he was speaking with, with some of the, uh, the, the people in the Navajo tribe, and they were able to uh, give him a device. It was a, a camera, actually, that they had carefully designed um, and it attached to his head. It kept his hands free. Uh, it was a Navajo GoPro. <laughs> Came with a free Jim Joe Shinbo. A Navajo Jim Joe Shinbo? <laughs> yeah, it was a Jim Joe GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> you can put them in any order. It'll always work. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I took two scoops out of the same pot for that for puns this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, them's puns guys it's done it's over you're safe now wait (laughs) what's that i hear doing its thing on this podcast ramp (laughs) i believe it's a late night listener letters from listeners Uh. Uh, whoa, walking backwards, going back to the top of the ramp. <laughs> Careful now, backwards on a ramp, harder than it looks. Uh, 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 ow, ow, shit, my ankle. Ow, ow, ow. ow. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to kick it off. Got an email from Giannis. <laughs> Greetings, Davids of all ages. There are two ages for Davids. As I write this uh, from the Austrian Alps, 
I have, having made a half-assed attempt at finding Nazi treasure, it seems only appropriate to raise a point for the penalty box. Well, Mm. welcome to 2017. Let's let's see. That was nice. Indeed, in accordance with Article 17, subsection C of the Blurry Blurry Pictographs Act of 1874, I hereby indict you for crimes committed on the Mengele episode for making such a big deal of how fun it is to say, Schutzstaffel. You managed to to mispronounce it to an inexcusable degree, making it Schutzstaffel. I thus sentence you both to the penalty box with no chance of pardon. Justice, gentlemen, must be served. In this case, Nazi justice. Well, Giannis, you're going hard in the paint. And, buddy, you are swinging the breeze. Giannis is a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, Objection, Your Honor. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm claiming diplomatic immunity. (laughs) I would like a definition for inexcusable degree. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I'm going to stick uh, as a uh, non-German speaker. Uh, I have diplomatic immunity. Anything I say cannot be used against me in a court of law. Also, of all the justices I served, Nazi is the least likely. (laughs) Uh, Now, listen, there's something to be said uh, for an indictment over mispronunciations, but I don't know that that that's an inexcusable degree of mispronunciation. If we said Stutzstaffel, I, I would say an inexcusable degree would be Sachut staff staff staffla shoots and lateral laterals Sachut's staple Sachut's staple that'd be inexcusable I feel what do you what do we what do we do on this because no Giannis is a lawyer we've lawyered back yeah. okay and Here, we need thing. a we need an impartial party well, first let me apologize now that I see what's going on here I didn't realize it was Giannis from Latvia I realized yeah. it was longtime friend of the podcast Giannis now let me tell you something I don't like it when Latvians tell me well how much I can or cannot do another language that I do not know <laughs> yeah I'm not going to jail for that one if you can extradite me to Latvia I'll go to your gulags or whatever you have. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, but yeah, no, like the, the ability to, we paid for in blood the right to mispronounce German words and never know what they really sound like in this country. (laughs) Did you hear how we said Navajo stuff? Yeah. Right. Oh, he goes on. Uh, P.S. Having just listened to Bullstone with Kristaps from Eastern Border, I feel a couple of points must be made. One, despite Kristaps pandering to Western listeners of limited knowledge or willingness to learn, and thus doing a thick Slavic accent half the time, Latvian is a wholly separate language from Russian. Well, until we are invaded again, and I get to go out in a blaze of glory, that is. Two, I feel you should know that not all of us sound like f***ing Borat when speaking English. hey yo. <laughs> Yours, though having identified as a very generic Latvian name, Giannis. Kristaps <laughs> is going to be firing up the Twitter right now. I hope so. Because <laughs> that's what this is about. It's about a dialogue. <laughs> thank you, well, Giannis. Thank you. thank you, Giannis. Thanks, Kristaps. <laughs> Dave, we've heard from Clocks Akimbo. Oh, ho, ho. Hi there, recent listener coming to you from New Zealand. 
Hello, New Zealand. I love New Zealand. Favorite episodes so far would probably be the Civil War Ghost Stories documentary. Uh, useless superpower for you. Bring it. Partial ballistic immunity. You are immune to every sixth bullet. I would, man, if that was an ability in Battlefield, I'd take it. <laughs> True. <laughs> and now, how about an obscure cryptid? Oh, right, I would love to go. hear an obscure cryptid. In northern England, during the time of Oliver Cromwell, there was a guild of wine caskers who supplied the taverns and public houses when the conventional supply lines failed. They charged a high price for their services, and the local innkeepers began to resent what they saw as profiteering off the ongoing civil unrest. They concocted a devious plan and placed orders for large quantities of wine casks, effectively clearing out the wine cask stores. Before they could collect their payment, however, the entire guild was captured and imprisoned, falsely accused of treason by the innkeepers. The entire guild was hanged. The innkeepers thought they had gotten away with it. But over the next few years, several of the innkeepers died suddenly, reportedly of sheer terror, while walking alone at night. Modern descendants of those innkeepers are known to have a family history of heart conditions, and nowadays it's generally accepted that the deaths were merely a highly coincidental clustering of unrelated heart attacks. But to this day, it's said that the deaths were the result of a final curse of the betrayed wine guild, an avenging phantom come to claim the payment that they were cheated of. And whenever someone dies in mysterious circumstances, it is said that their life has been claimed by the Hound of the Casker Bills. Clocks Akimbo, you just took me on an entire emotional roller coaster ride. <laughs> well played. We, that was we like went a short through story. An institute of Art. Yeah. I learned a lot about myself and about mankind. Thanks, Clocks Akimbo. <laughs> Thanks, Clocks Akimbo, for your Sherlock uh, punning. Got an email from a friend, Josh, from the Rumor Flies podcast. Oh, hi, Josh. Hey, Josh. I wanted to write in for a couple of reasons. The most important being that Dave needs to go to the penalty box. Damn it. In the Black Holes episode, he talked about a billion being a mil, mildo mildo, but it's really, it's really a mildo of fildos. Decibel places, motherfucker. You need to pay for your sins in the penalty box. Might I suggest Forget About Dre by Dr. Dre and Eminem? This may also have to do with me being bitter about Dave completely ignoring who I was in my dream when we were hanging out in Epcot. Maybe if you weren't such a dickbag in my conscience, then I would have let it slide. Oh. I, I, I kind of love everything about this. Another reason I am writing is because the mention of a particular recent winner of the Miss Cryptid contest on Pottermore, uh, in which Harry Potter universe inspired JK uh, website by JK Rowling which is the Harry Potter universe-inspired website by J.K. Rowling, where you get sorted into houses, find out your Patronus, blah-biddy-bing-bong-boom. In one part of the new story that she's releasing, she mentions the Pukwudgie. To quote Rowling, the Pukwudgie is the alternative of... T- <laughs> I'm going to give her the weirdest accent. <laughs> the Pukwudgie is also native to America, a short, gray-faced, large-eared creature distantly related to the European goblin. Fiercely independent, tricky, and not overly fond of humankind, whether magical or mundane, it possesses its own power for magic. Pukwajis hunt with deadly poisonous arrows and enjoy playing tricks on humans. They do. Also, they also uh, play chunky with deadly, maybe not poisonous, but arrows or spears. <laughs> Both. Mm, whatever. Yep. I, I, I kept running into something about J.K. Rowland running into some flack for skinwalkers uh in in one of her latest works really like apparently she 
drew some from that, and and some people got pretty butthurt over it. It's appropriation. Uh, thought that was worth mentioning to you guys. Pretty cool that the Ms. Cryptid winner is now a part of the Harry Potter fandom. Anyway, thanks for the laughs and say hello and say hello to your mothers for me. <laughs> you know what? He's right. Decimal places matter. Next episode, penalty box. Uh, oh, I'll man. forgot about Dre. Done. See, I'm not like th- there are I'm reasons. Not a monster. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I'm not a monster. That is a fact, and I was wrong. Yes, Josh, and say hi to your mother for me. Uh, and say hi to all the mothers, Ryan and Greg, over at Room of Flies. Say hi to their mothers. Say hi to, say hi to all your mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Got an email from another Josh. Josh number two. New listener, loving the show. Thank you, Josh. Uh, you guys should do more uh, episodes on unexplained murders. They're really interesting. I agree. Yeah, we, we try to sprinkle them in here and there. The hard thing is, is that uh, I like I love the unexplained murders, but it's it's heavy. We, yeah, we like our we like our paranormal. So like we like a paranormal unexplained murder, which is a lot harder than just a murder where you don't know who did what. Plus, Sword and Scale has that tied up and beaten in the basement. Yeah, but we can beat them. Those guys are punk asses. <laughs> fight! 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 Uh, also, maybe I just can't find it, but I've noticed you don't have a Sasquatch episode. Why is that? Oh, an excellent question, Josh. We, when we started this podcast, we had an idea. Our our, our kind of basic rule is, we're, we we st- like there are things: Squatch, aliens, Nessie, Nessie, Chupacabra. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, like just UFOs as a subject, or or um, you know, Chupacabra, things like that. We don't, we don't, we feel like those things already get plenty of attention, plenty of people doing them. And maybe at some point we will, maybe even an, an extra soda or something like that. I don't know. But we, we always try to go like one, just shoot past the, the most obvious stuff. That's why we don't have a Bermuda Triangle episode. You know, sometimes we will still do them anyway. Like we're someday in the year 10,000, we're going to do an Atlantis episode. Yeah, we There's, try to stay away from the A-listers, we, we yeah, call them. I, I just don't know what else we would bring to that, but if we think of something we could bring to that. Or, for example, aliens. We did alien taxonomy because we, yeah. we have never heard anyone who's you know done something where you just sit down and break down all the different things. So why not? We'll do yeah. it. Uh, yeah, you know, those so. kind of things. So th- that's why. Yeah, we try to try to hit the things that are less known we got sued uh, by Big Sasquatch. New. Got a cease and desist on that one. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Yeti's breathing down yeah, our necks. Right? Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Josh. I got an email here from Lillian. Hi, Dave and David. Hi. Hi. Billy. I'm currently working through the archives, and many dozens of episodes, uh, maybe dozens of episodes ago, you had a listener write in about Swedish Easter witches. This listener crushed my heart. That's what Ooh, our listeners do. Wow. Crush hearts, man. Was this listener by any chance named Molo Ram? <laughs> <laughs> um, this listener crushed my heart. Despite rightly pointing out how cool Easter witches are, they declared them to be, and I quote, not enough for an episode. So wrong, says Lillian. Oh. Here are things I'd love for you to explore if you were to bless us with an Easter witch episode. A uh, couple of things. Uh, the Easter, the Swedish witch trials, witches Sabbath and blah young milk hairs, witch butter. Ew. 
right? I like all this. Uh, she also included a couple of cool links. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Mysterious tea kettles. Uh, this is stuff I want to uh, know more about. Really? Because it feels like you know a lot right now, Lillian. <laughs> uh, so this has inspired me that I'm writing a children's book about Easter witches. Awesome. I, that sounds awesome. I'll look into that. Yeah, we can look into this. We Heck yeah. We can see maybe around Easter time and, and mm-hmm. see what uh, what's cooking. I don't know. We were going to do a thing, but big bunnies breathing down our necks. <laughs> big Ishtar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, Lillian. Thank you, Lillian. Got an email from Nadia. Nadia Business? No. No, not Nanya. Oh, Nadia. sorry. My bad. Says, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm a recent fan of your podcast through a suggestion of a friend of mine when I ran out of podcasts to listen to. Love what you do. Thank you. Uh, I find learn a lot of cool stuff. And anyway, did I hear correctly that Stecco used to study insect vectors? Yup. Yes, you did. What a coincidence, because that is what I'm currently going to grad school for. I think during your Plum Island episode, uh, you mentioned a, a, a malaria eradication program and DDT. I had an issue with how DDT was described as a wonderful development in chemical control, and if we hadn't banned it, we'd, we would have completely eliminated malaria from the world, mostly with the latter part of it. DDT was at the time a wonderful chemical insecticide for sure, except by the time it was banned, not only was it accumulating in the fat of higher order organisms, but the insects we were trying to control with it here were no longer susceptible, as susceptible to it. DDT wasn't banned in the U.S. until the 70s after the formation of the EPA, but it is still widely used elsewhere in areas hardest hit by mosquitoes. Uh, also for me, Flora, don't spread information about removing ticks with your comment about burning them off. That is a surefire way of either hurting yourself or ensuring you infect yourself with whatever pathogen is in the tick. Gently grabbing the head of the tick as close as you can to the skin with a pair of tweezers, twisting and pulling is the best way to remove an embedded tick. Ticks secrete a substance that helps them cement themselves into the host. Anyway, I used to give presentations to schools on Lyme disease and ticks, and what you said made me cringe. Ooh. I will leave it to you to to determine whether either was penalty box worthy offenses. I just wanted to make those clarifications and thank you for such a wonderful and entertaining show. I will go to the penalty box. If I said the best way to remove a tick is to burn it off, then I'll I'll go to that. I don't remember saying it, but I don't either. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Thanks, Nadia. Thank you for the info. I mean, info from someone who knows. Right. She's she's she is embedded herself. To the arm of you insect can't, vectors. Don't burn her. Don't burn her, Flora. Don't burn her. She'll regurgitate it, into you. Twist and pull her out. That's right. What else, what else we got, Dave? Got an email from Count Shacula, <laughs> which I like. Been perusing your archives for a few months and just a sampling and a nibbling here and there. You know, test, tasting it, testing it. Trying to decide if you guys were genius or just slightly clever at arses. It's the latter. Definitely the latter. And you know what pushed me over the edge? It was one throwaway, la- throwaway line from the listener mail section of the King Ar- Arthur episode. Ready for it? Pickets to Tittsburgh. <laughs> I can't tell if you're geniuses or arses, but that one line instantly turned me into a listener for life. For life. And I'm planning on living for thousands of years trapped in a cave like Merlin, so you'd better get on my level or risk turning me into a liar. Keep it up. <laughs> Uh, P.S. Ever hear about the legendary king who arrogantly questioned Obama's birthplace? King Berther Ben Bragan. 
<laughs> gotta find King Bertha. I gotta find King Bertha. And another P.S. Count Shakula lives in f***ing Fort Collins. Uh, hit me up next time you swing through town. I'll buy you an artisanal craft, lovingly stroked, genuine beer dip microbrew. <laughs> Hell yes, I will. I have not been in the fort, as we call it, for some time. I mean, like over a decade. But I have a, a, a little dream that lives in the pit of my heart to make it back for the, uh, the Fort Collins Brew Festival, which is uh, in the middle to late June every year. Damn, is that a good time? And I shall contact you, Count Shakula. Thank you, Count. Yeah, thanks. One more here from the Taco Moose. All right. Well, I don't usually like to end things on a serious note, but okay. <laughs> Taco Moose says, hey, guy. Hi, guy. In my hometown. <laughs> Hi, guy. In my hometown, there's recently been some things I think you would find very interesting. I'm a high schooler, and nice. there has been some something very spooky happening. There were two Instagram accounts put up under the name 479clowns and, <coughs> and 479 underscore clowns. Both have one picture featuring a creepy picture of a clown. 479clowns says, look out, blank, which is the name of his town. Mm-hmm. And 479 underscore ta- clowns says, be a where if you're surrounding. This is obviously ridiculous and honestly kind of funny. In the comments, people are putting their address. I find this idiotic, and I wanted to hear your thoughts. Feel free to check out the accounts yourself. I'd also like to hear why you think uh, people are afraid of clowns. On another note, you've inspired me to start a cryptid, paranormal, and conspiracy club at school, and I encourage you to continue the amazing work. Well, uh, thank you, Taco Moose, and and congratulations on that. I hope it is going well. Thank you, Taco Moose, and that's cool. That's awesome. That is badass. You know what? I don't think we have a choice. I think we're going to have to do a spooky clowns episode, Flora, because we're getting hit with this from all sides. We are a tool of the people. We are. We are. So We we are uh, the blunted axe of the people. Of the people, yes. We are the the sharpened shovel. We are the lobo of the people. We are the shinbo of the people. (laughs) We we are the Jim Um, Joe shinbo of the people. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, uh, we will, we will do that, uh, probably sooner than later. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why people are scared of clowns. Uh, and, and my ignorance comes in the fact that I'm not, and I can't put myself in that place. I think you meant you're not yet. Oh, that is true. I'm, I'm working on being scared of clowns. Yeah. Cause I mean, it'll be late night by the time I can make the drive from here to your house. I think I can get in and then, uh, then I just wake you up wearing the mask and boom, Bob's your uncle. Lifetime ter- paranoia. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Chicago man was released from jail today. It was turned out the the person he murdered with a with an axe in his own bedroom was actually an intruder <laughs> <laughs> and a clown. Case closed. Oh, so thanks, uh, Taco Moose. Yeah, thank you, and keep on that club. Hope it hope it goes well, and uh, yeah, spread the love to all your high school friends. And that brings us. To the lightning round people things you need to do five stars on itunes like on facebook follow on facebook punch a donate button join us on patreon we're getting drunk live for two hours in march join up with that uh if you don't want to do that that's cool i'll still be your friend don't forget to get a free book from uh, audibletrial.com slash blow your photos if a book's not good enough maybe you like to wear shit 
how about you buy a t-shirt either from our inline store or from threadless of blurryphotos.com slash threadless what is that one what is it i fell apart <laughs> blurryphotos.threadless.com there I it think. is there it is we got it we got it uh blurryphotos.threadless.com there's a thousand ways in which we can communicate some of them involve money i like a mu- <laughs> i like a i like a little money whisper hello <laughs> weird uh <laughs> right also the other whisper we like are anything we heard uttered by the um the blessed voices of the chicago podcast cooperative yeah there's so many great uh, uh podcasts there uh and also big shout out to claire who has been instrumental in the operation of the chicago podcast cooperative for so long since since the get yeah and i wish her the best of luck in her new endeavors moving on so good on you and thank you you will be sorely missed claire and let us know if you're ever back in the, the Chicago. I mean, I don't live there, but maybe I'll be there. I don't, you don't know. I don't know. It's the future, Claire. Get let off us my know ass. if you ever visit Pittsburgh, Claire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Claire's got a couple of pickets to know. Did I do it? Yeah. Was that pretty fast and easy? That was good. That was good. I, right. I like that. It was, it was efficient. Uh, now for the announcement. Oh, God. See? The announcement. That snick you heard is one of Dave's knives that he got for Christmas. Yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, here's the announcement. All, all your dreams are belong to us. Woo! We, we are now dream thieves. <laughs> we are if the you dream sleep, thieves. they're ours. We have launched the Blurry Photos Archives podcast. This is a way for us to put all of our old episodes, or at least right now, the majority of them. We've got to see how many will fit on there. Onto a, a a podcast feed, so you can download them and and get them on the go. Yep, as many of you have asked for. We're trying a new company, which means that we uh, might get way more than we think. We might get less than we think. Space, like, yeah, how much space? Yeah. How much? How many episodes we can load up? We're hoping that we can fit all of them. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. So if if everything goes according to plan. We will have every single one of our archived episodes on that podcast feed. And as one shifts out of our primary feed, it'll shift onto there. If that's not the case, then know that the vast majority of our backlog will be there. So we'll, and we'll let you guys know as that goes. So there's no question. We'll figure it out. But uh, that's a great leap forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess, I guess you could leave a, a review there too. I did just for the hell of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can definitely leave reviews there. Just it, it's, it's like another podcast, only it's us still yeah. the, the same one that, that you came to know and love yep, this is back our, from our, the dead. Our way of gaming the system to get everything so that if you use, you know, Stitcher or iTunes or whatever, um, it's a lot easier to listen to than going to the website and streaming it that way. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's an improvement. So congratulations. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. There you go. There you go. We've been been trying. Yeah, as you said, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Blueberry, it, it is on. If not everything can fit on there, we'll just we'll do a second volume of it and do another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and and put over put whatever gets on Son I, I don't know, man. of the Blurry Photos Archive podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Blurry Photos too. Homecoming. <laughs> It's a never-ending, never-ending thing. Yep. One, one of these days, we'll figure it out. All right, that, that's going to do it for this yeah. episode of Blurry Photos. I have been Dave, the Ramp Dancer Stecco. And I have been old Shinbo David Flora. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> mm, mm. 
Strutting it up, gonna turn down, walking down backwards. Quick spin. Uh, feet up, feet down, hands, jazz hands, bye. It was now 2.13 in the afternoon when we moved into the most haunted part of Castle Schweinreder, the dungeon. And as if this tormented place could not drive you insane with its sheer terror, the dungeon was on the main floor and lining the walls of this horrifying ancient dungeon were tiny plastic models of the Castle Schweinreder, as well as Puzzles, steins, shot glasses, little teddy bears, embroidered football club scarves, chocolate, the t-shirts that say who farted, magnets shaped like the castle itself, tiny toys of supposedly German knights using historic, wearing historically inaccurate armor that's more Italian than German, and terrifyingly tiny spoons. Truly, this dungeon was magnificent in its horror. The true testament to the systematic violence of this place is seen in the number of departed souls wandering through its aisles of clearly marked items. For this, we shall have to take a sample. Panzer! Ready the nanocarbon fiber rod and orb net. We shall capture a piece of the spirit and put it in the ethereal compression chamber which I am opening now. Powering up. Panzer. Amency for the head. That is where the most awards and orbs are coming from. Are those two looking at me? Loose. Oh, what the hell? You're having a bit of a laugh, eh? I'll have you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Everybody's calming down. Why are you trying to capture someone in the gift shop? We're taking samples of spirits. Oh, okay, okay. I'm going to have to ask you to leave, please. Come with me. Ah, get off me. The tour of the castle... I know my rights. No, 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 uh, no. The tour of the castle Schweinitter is over for the both of you. Let's go. Eins, zwei, drei. There we go. (laughs) The hideous and broken form of the caretakers have overwhelmed us. They do not like us disturbing the eternal torment of the spirits within... Disappointing. Panzer. Ah. Geist. Oh, yeah. oh, take it easy. Geist. Oh, nein, Geist. Ugh. Nein, Geist. Geist. Okay, no more yelling. Wait until you see our yell preview. Then you will truly know madness. There are many tormenting questions about the castle Schweinwitter. Maybe man was never meant to know the answer to. Are there ghosts? Of course there are. But there are also the living. Their thralls. Complicit in their dark and hideous acts. 
we may never be allowed to return to the castle. Oh no, you can come back next week. Just don't make trouble. Never! Such dark places as these were never meant for mortal man to walk upon again. We placed our lives in danger to bring you this. Thank you for joining us each week as we bring you on another adventure into the mouths of madness, into the maw of torture, and into the parking lot where I swear this is where we parked, Panther! Nine, we were in lot dry. Oh! Join us next week as Panzer and I gear up and venture into the... No, this is lot dry! There's no car here, Panzer! Join us next week as we look for a stolen car. On Geist Jäger. Geist Jäger.